we could get on our yes. bikes and ride around town and be totally safe. Go to Eskimo Hut and get ice cream and ride back. And there's something really beautiful about the innocence of a real pure childhood. From Monolith Media, I'm Selena, and this is Monolith Conversations, a show where we talk to professionals, musicians, artists, and everyday icons about their triumphs, struggles, motivations, and everything in between. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Monolith Conversations. Today, I'm going to be having a chat with Kimberly Robinson, a.k.a. Kim Jade. You will need to explain Kim Jade to me right now before we even go any further. <laughs> okay, sure. No problem. Um, it really, really only started because Instagram. I didn't want to put my full name. I was like, it's so long. So creating a handle, I was like, let me use something short and cute. My middle name is Jade and my first name is Kimberly. Everyone calls me Kim, so Kim Jade, nice and easy. Ah, okay, yeah, that, I thought maybe there's a longer story to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is the one thing you wish you knew before getting into the entertainment industry? Oh, wow. One thing I wish I knew. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot of misconceptions about going into this industry because I was in the fashion industry prior. So mm-hmm. I knew going into it that um, it was going to take a long time to establish myself I knew that it was going to be a lot of hard work what I actually I actually expected more almost resistance mm-hmm. when I came Town and decided to move to Joburg and do this full-time a lot of people told me I was insane they were like oh my gosh you're living you're living in South Africa um, at the time there were a lot of xenophobic attacks on mm-hmm. and foreigners so I was told look Kim just don't expect them to welcome you with open arms. Know that it's going to be challenging. Know that it's going to be difficult because you're foreign. And actually, the complete opposite happened when I came here. I've only been in Joburg not even two years. And literally, my entire career has catapulted to levels I never, ever expected. So I was ready. I was ready for the work. And I, I really I knew what I was getting into. Well, that's good that you were prepared. How about... I rephrase my question and I asked you when you first got into fashion, what was the one thing you wish you knew before getting into the industry? Before I became a model, I wish I knew how hectic it was financially. It's mm-hmm. a real challenge. So once you become a model, what you will learn, especially in Cape Town, is that when you do a job, the client has three months to pay you. So even if you book a massive TV commercial and shoot it, you're only going to see the money in three months' time. So unless you're consistently working every single, maybe every two weeks or um, every three weeks, you're going to really struggle. So a lot of us you know, have to have side hustles in order to make ends meet every single month and pay for your rent. So that was a real struggle, um, getting used to that, yeah. Well, it's good that, you know, your parents were supportive, right? So didn't get that bad, right? Not really. It's the complete opposite. Once I graduated, we had a year, all of us, all my brothers and I, once we graduated, we had a year of financial support afterwards from my parents. So um, accommodation, everything was after the for the first year. And then after that, they were pretty much like, you're on your own. 
And I'm that- glad you mentioned this because I think in our culture in Zimbabwe, our parents really handle us with kitty gloves and, you know, they really nurture us right up until we move out of the house, which probably never happens until you get married anyway. So I'm glad that, you know, you have, have highlighted that, you know, your parents had a different approach to this, which is good. It taught yeah. you to, to stand up for yourself and, you know, be mature in that sort of regard. 100%. My, my parents are very successful um, financially and independently and they own their own businesses. And, you know, I think for them it was very important to instill in all of my siblings and myself uh, independence. Once you're independent, you know, you know, you work hard for every cent that you earn and you will value it. And, and so you will I spend it wisely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so you're the first Zimbabwean to join Revlin South Africa, yes. which yes. which is such a big deal. Um, being first in anything is something that's just, <laughs> you know, even if it's a 100-meter race at school, yeah. it's something that's, you know, that's a big deal. How did you find out, and who was the first person you called? So Revlon actually contacted us through their um, PR management that was in New York. They reached out, they emailed, they wanted us to sign some NDAs. Mm-hmm. Um, find out if we had worked with any other beauty companies or any beauty brands. Uh, we let them know we hadn't, and then they let us know, look, Revlon is looking at several women in South Africa to become the next faces of the brand. And there was a series of, there were a series of interviews. I didn't tell anyone, obviously, except my management at the time, because I didn't want to jinx it. Also, you know, in our line of work, there's a lot of opportunities that come your way you get very excited and then maybe it doesn't work out because of a b or c you know mm-hmm. so um i didn't tell anybody until the deal was pretty much done and the first person i told was definitely my mom yeah we cried it was it was a, it was a beautiful really beautiful moment wow i can only imagine how intense the emotion was when you're on the phone and you're like mom so this happened yeah, it was just mostly crying. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. <laughs> okay, women in our generation, girls even, struggle with body issues. When you started your modeling career, was this ever an issue for you? I mean, especially considering the modeling industry is very critical. So did you have any of these issues? Oh, completely. I was um, denied from seven different modeling agencies. And only one took me. And they took me because they believed I had the potential to be able to perform on camera. So traditional fashion editorial ramp modeling requires you to be six foot tall, size zero. But TV commercials, where most of the money is in in South Africa, in Cape Town, um, they just require you to be able to perform on camera. And because I am mixed race, and pass for a lot of different ethnicities, um, Middle Eastern, Brazilian. So I've been booked for everything under the sun. Um, I really just, I was able to perform on camera. With regards to your question about body image, oh, of course, I really struggled. I've spoken openly about how, you know, I was told I needed to lose weight. I went on crazy diets. I gymmed tons, you know, just mm-hmm. to an, 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 an unhealthy way because there is a way to diet and gym in a healthy way, but the way I was doing it wasn't um, because I wanted to be a size zero because that's what I thought it took in order to work. Photographers, ex-boyfriends told me to get boob jobs. 
um, because that would be more sexy and that would be more womanly. And so there was that. So everyone around you is telling you, you need to change your body in order to work, in order to be attractive, in order to be sexy and feminine. That was a lot of pressure. And I think, um, I don't know, I think something inside me always just was like, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And there was a point where I was just, I was exhausted. I stopped, I stopped the dieting. I stopped gymming twice a day and I just lived and I ate whatever I wanted to eat. And I went to castings and the craziest thing started happening because I was happy and content and getting sleep and eating properly. I started working. I started booking more and more and more jobs. And, you know, that was just, it was just like, you know, can you need to wake up and realize that your body and your health and all of that comes first. And if the client, to you for you you'll get the job and if not then you know it wasn't meant for you so yeah I'm glad you mentioned that because I hope the girls that are listening um, and taking modeling as a career or as a prospective career I hope they heard you say that you know if it is for you it will be for you no matter what you look like or how you see yourself the most important thing is that you're healthy and you're happy yes completely yeah um, retrospect at times makes things look far simpler than they were. It's 2019 and you, Kim, are on MTV with your own show and you're a brand ambassador for Revlon. It took you a while to get here. Tell us how you finally got here. My stepdad has been telling me for the longest time, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Mm -hmm. And to a lot of people in South Africa in the media space, I came out of nowhere. But in actual fact, I've been modeling for more than six years. I've been now on TV for more than two years. So it's like my decade is coming. Do you know what I mean? Of mm -hmm. putting, I'm putting in the work. Um, for the first three years that I was out of university, I really struggled. I, um, I had to live in a share house with 10 other um, kids from around Africa. Um, I, I lived in a tiny little room out of my suitcase. I didn't even have a cupboard. I was doing promo work, handing out flyers on the highway. Um, I really, really struggled, but mm -hmm. I didn't give up because I knew it's what I wanted to do, you know, especially because my parents were like, what are you doing? This is crazy. You have your honors degree in social work and now you want to be a model. It makes no sense, you know, mm -hmm. so I was extremely determined to succeed um, and plus I loved it. I love being on camera. I love being able to create beautiful photos and really cool commercials. I enjoyed that part, being on set. That was what I enjoyed. Um, when modeling took off and I was doing really well, booking international commercials, um, like Pepsi was a big one. Malibu Rum was ma major. Like I'd done some really great jobs. Um, I got the opportunity to do the red carpet for SM Menswear Week in Cape Town for a Nigerian TV channel called Spice TV. They had me as a correspondent for a couple of fashion weeks and I loved it. I was like, yo, this is the next challenge because modeling isn't a challenge anymore. I've done every job I could do. I have ticked off every you know client I wanted to work with. I've done it all. So I was mm -hmm. like, okay, next step is TV. I literally put everything I had in a truck and moved to Joburg. I had no job, I had no management. I had, and I had my savings. I literally lived off my savings for a good six months, no income, just wow. going, yeah, 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 going to events, trying to be seen at the right things. Cause by then my blog was already established and the media was really writing about this up and coming blogger. Cause I was doing fashion, 
and a little bit of travel. And then, you know, so my Instagram was popping. Manager <laughs> um, <laughs> at MTV actually saw my Instagram account. And she DM'd me and she said, you know, can I have your contact number and your email? I responded and she's like, look, we're looking to um, audition some people for our show. Uh, Newsish. It's a three-minute entertainment news show. Are you keen to come for a screen test? I was like, hell yes, I'll do it when you need me. I went the next day the screen test and the next the day after that they called and said I got the job. So it really, yeah. It it wow. feels like quickly but oh my word it took so long to get yeah i'm sure what was your first day on set like nerve-wracking absolutely i was so terrible i watched my early episodes i cringe i absolutely die because i wasn't as confident you know it's one thing to go and post for pictures and be a character in a tv commercial it's another thing to be able to deliver the news show your personality get information out and it's all done with no scripts um, one take so if you make a mistake you go right back to the beginning and shoot again so it was learning you literally learn on the job um, wow. it was a massive challenge but I, yeah, I killed it <laughs> you absolutely did <laughs> you're recognized as a style influencer and I'm sure that has many perks but does it ever become stressful I mean to always match or surpass yesterday's standard how do you cope with this it's extremely stressful. <laughs> Don't let people lie to you and tell you that not that it's easy. It's very stressful, especially mm-hmm. because I don't work with a styling team. I don't have someone that goes out and picks looks for me and knows these designers and is literally from me DMing designers and DMing stores and reaching out to people and be like, you know, I have this event coming up. Do you think we could collaborate? You know, and when I started out, I didn't have money, so I couldn't pay these people. I couldn't buy the dresses. And so what was happening is I would go somewhere, borrow a look, return the look the next day, make sure it was clean, you know, that kind of thing. Um, But I've always loved fashion. I've always enjoyed beautiful clothes and glam and makeup. And that part was always like, I got to feel like this princess for a a day, you know. And coming from Bulawayo, Zimbabwe, it's a small town. It's not exactly known for fashion and glamour and beauty. And, you know, so to be able to be here and work with these incredible designers and sit front row fashion week and you know now being have my own glam squad it's it's really incredible and it's a major blessing but it is very stressful every time there's a red carpet because like you say you have to match or outdo the previous look mm-hmm. and expectation but it's, it's a challenge i enjoy i really really do well, that's good. Um, we enjoy watching and <laughs> anticipating, okay, what is Kim going to wear? So, yeah, we enjoy that part, definitely. <laughs> so, you're a social media, social media influencer, and you have 115,000 followers on Instagram. How big is your ego right now, girl? <laughs> no, it's not at all. I'm really? Like, what will it take? A million people? A million. When I hit a million, I'll know I'm cool. I'm <laughs> just joking. <laughs> um, no, I'm just joking. It really isn't about the numbers. It's about the people that follow you. And the, the people that have been following me from when I was a model. And they reach out by a DM or they comment. And they're like, I remember when you just started modeling. I remember your first shoots. And now look at you. And that's the really cool thing about social media is that they grow with you and they follow your journey and they personally invest and, and support you and they buy the products that you're selling and, you know, they, they double tap and engage with your content and that's very, very rewarding. 
Which was actually going to be my real question. How has social media helped you? Social media made me. I mean, like I said, if I didn't have Instagram, MTV would never have found me. They don't hold these like um, castings or auditions for MTV with the, with the exception of the presenter sets that they do every year. But that's once a year, you know. So if I didn't have Instagram and the following that I had and the engagement that I had, they wouldn't have found me and I wouldn't be on TV where I am now. And because of the way I continue to engage on social media with my followers, um, that's how the other incredible brands have come to find me. Um, Revlon recently, Samsung, uh, Ackermans, there's all these amazing big brands that now they see the value of social media and the fact that we have a direct connection to our followers and to our audience. And they, you know, they think it's worth collaborating with us. And so that's, that's pretty incredible. That's good. Um, because you're online a lot of the time, what three character traits do you think get people annoyed? Annoyed with what? With you. Do you have any three character traits that, you know, people are like, oh, Kim, no. I try to be as genuine as possible. And people yeah. see that. They see the authenticity and they see how genuine I, I, I like to be on social media. So... I don't actually have people contacting me saying you're so annoying because of this. So I'm so sorry. I don't know how to accurately respond to your question. Oh, no, you actually did answer it very well. <laughs> Do you deal with the trollers? Do you have people that say negative things about you? And how do you deal with it? Uh, I definitely. And surprisingly, it's not, you know, most women say, oh, it's other women that bring women down. Yeah, they do. Uh, women definitely gossip. But majority of the mean tweets or whatever I would receive is from men. It's men body shaming and calling you out. So that does happen. But it comes from people's own insecurities and their own demons that they're fighting with. So I don't take it personally. Oh, that's very good. Keep your chin up, princess. Your crown will fall. <laughs> you grew up mostly in, in Bulawayo and a bit in Harare. What unique qualities do both cities have? And do you prefer one to the other? That's a really great question. What I think I love about growing up in Bulawayo is that we had a very protected childhood. We mm -hmm. could be children, you know, we could get on our yes. bikes and ride around town and be totally safe and go to Eskimo Hut and get ice cream and ride back. And, you know, so there's something really beautiful about the innocence of a, a real pure childhood. We were never exposed to drugs. Alcohol wasn't a thing until high school and... There's not a lot of kids nowadays that can say that. So that's one beautiful thing I love about my hometown of Bulawayo is that I had such a, a pure childhood. What I love about Harare is the, the hustle mentality of the big city. You know, there's so many people that, that go there to try and make it and to try and make something of themselves. So if you succeed there, you know, you made it. I think that was instilled in me from my dad. He lives in Harare. He's a, a lawyer there and he's got that hustle mentality where you don't stop working even when you've reached one level of success it's just a catapult to the next one so there's no like oh okay I can relax now never mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if I week of not working I panic I'm like what's going on I need to work <laughs> so yeah the hustle of the big city of Harare I think is, is something great do I have a preference um only because I grew up in Bulawayo I would say Bulawayo that's where mm -hmm. all my memories are that's where my memories of my brother's uh, my best friends, um, my school dances, my first kiss, all that kind of stuff. That's below air. So, yeah. 
well, Bulaway is still vibing and we I'm sure they hope that you'll come home soon. <laughs> Speaker or non-speakers have a favorite vernacular word. What's your favorite Shauna on Debele word? Yeah, Tanda, just because it, it encompasses everything. It sounds so corny and cliche, but I think love is a big part of, of who I am and where I come from. I was so supported and loved by my family and even if they didn't agree with the decisions I was making with my career they loved me through it and despite it they're like okay cool you're going to make it happen and a pure love and passion for what I do I, that's the only way you can survive if you want to be in this industry uh in fashion or in entertainment you have to truly love what you do because it's not easy it's very hard the more successful you get it can get kind of lonely I don't have that many friends in Johannesburg So the fact that I love what I do is what keeps me going a lot of the time. So yeah, I love love is a big one. Okay. Is this the peak or the summit? Where do you see yourself in 5 years? This is definitely not the peak where I am right now. I'm definitely on the way up. In 5 years time, I hope to be creating content, producing content that I own at the moment because of for example the DM is owned by MTV. Mhm. And it's incredible opportunity and it's a it's a chance for me to hone my um producing scripting casting and hosting skills so it's an incredible way to learn the industry and learn the ropes but in the next 5 years i hope to be creating content you know that i own and that i yeah i'm proud of in that way well all the best in that we sure are still going to be shining light on you so that in 5 <laughs> years time we can call you out if you didn't make it kim I hope so. You know, you'll be calling me to congratulate me, honey. <laughs> Absolutely. There you go. That's the spirit. Okay, so I'm going to ask you to either say underrated or overrated. Just a little game. Mazoe orange crush. Underrated. Right? I love it. I miss it. I crave it. I'll, oh yeah, we we totally going to send you a crate of that if you want. Yeah, I'm going to keep you to that. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Sports bras. Uh, underrated. Cuz I want to right? tops like a lot. <laughs> so yeah, they're the multi-purpose. I mean, <laughs> absolutely. True love. Underrated. Okay. Hard to find. Really really hard to find true love. We wish you luck in that area, Kim. Oh. Thanks. <laughs> We want to come to a wedding and Monolith would like to cover your wedding. Oh wow. Oh, wedding okay. Now I can I find a good man first and then we can talk about the wedding. <laughs> Absolutely. I hope the gents that are listening, hey, slide in the DM, hey. shoot your shot. <laughs> and wow. luck? What's your take on luck? Ooh. Overrated. Overrated. Because because you have to work fast or to get anywhere in life. I a thousand percent agree that you do get given opportunities, but if you're not prepared enough to take those opportunities and make something of them, then it's just a waste of time. So, yeah, I agree with you too. There. Okay, Kim. So, how do we find you on social media? Um, you guys can chat to me on Twitter at Kim Jade Blog. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Kim Jade. I have a YouTube channel. That's like everything MTV plus all my travel and fashion and same on Facebook Kim J K I M J Y D E. So I look forward to hearing from you guys and I love oh, my absolutely. So I would love to hear from you guys. Absolutely. Thank you so much Kim for doing this interview with me and thank you for your honesty. 
I think someone <laughs> who is listening will, you know, take t- take down some notes because you said some really important stuff. Well, for me personally, I think I needed to hear that. Um, no matter what it is, you need to be happy and healthy before you start killing yourself with diets and gym, you know, gym regimens that don't really work well for your body. So, yeah, uh, that's what I took away. I needed to hear that. I appreciate that. You need to love yourself. You are perfect. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Thank you, listeners, for listening. This was Kim Jade. Thanks, guys. Bye. Monolith is hosted by Selena. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review and tell your friends. Don't keep it a secret. Help others discover Zimbabwe's everyday icons. And as always, thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow us on social media.